up, y'all, and welcome to the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, here on Monday night, March 9th, 2020, and I've got Evan Myers joining me right now. We're going to talk about the American League Central to round out our American League predictions. How are you tonight, Evan? I'm doing well, Jack. How are you? I'm doing very well. This is oh, going to be a lot of fun. I was just... yeah. You know, it's funny, the last time I had you on the podcast, it's been a minute, it was <laughs> right after Daylight Savings, where we went an hour <sighs> back, and now you're joining me, and we've uh, gone into the future an hour. Oh, man, we, we should talk, We should rant about this again. <laughs> what do you think? You think your listeners would like that? <laughs> have you, uh, yeah, have you seen the light? You want to cancel Daylight Savings? No, I like it. I, well, I like whatever happened now. I mean... I I lost an hour, but it's uh, it's nice to come home and have a whole hour and a half, two hours where it's still light outside when I get back. <laughs> well, what if we just we never went back an hour and we just had this schedule for the for the year, oh. the whole year? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. All right. Now that, yeah, now that we see both sides of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's that one hour of extra sleep like it, you benefit one weekend from it and then now we go an hour forward and i just have to hear about all week at work oh man this this hour i lost an hour of sleep it's messed up my whole week it was not worth it my friends (laughs) no it's nice that it's light outside i'll take that so so we have a lot to get to today i just talked with jonathan jaggard over the weekend we did the american league east some hot takes in that one yeah, the East is going to be interesting this year. I mean, I, the Red Sox fell off last year. Now they lose their manager. Uh, the Yanks are be a little beat up, but I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to get too far into it. But I like the Rays <laughs> a lot. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah. we're gonna be getting along just fine today, then, Evan, because right. <laughs> they were my pick to win the American League East this year. There you go. I, they're my pick too. I think you know. I I think the I think the Red Sox are really going to struggle. The Yanks are gonna—they're not gonna do nearly as well as they did last year, and I like—I um, like Blake Snell a lot for a bounce back year. So, so if you are interested in hearing about these subjects, go back listen to that episode. Once you finish listening to this episode, it was a good one. Also, spoke with Anthony Franz and Jordan Morandini last week to preview the AL West. A lot of great reviews on that one. Yeah, it's uh. You know, they got the cheaters out there, so <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, I don't know if you noticed last night, Jack, in our fantasy draft, I did not want to draft one single Astro. It's, gosh, man, that made me sick. <laughs> I didn't take any either. I, I used to like those guys, man. Yeah. It's like, oh, gosh, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, but I don't know. I, I you know, by process of elimination, I got the A's in that one <laughs> just because I don't want to root for the Astros. So, And I think the A's are a solid team too. So, Yeah, so that was another fun conversation. I think that is the most interesting of these American League divisions in terms of most intriguing to watch. I think it's the most open. I think there are four teams that you could potentially look at. Now, I don't like all four teams. I am higher on some teams than others, but I think – you're hearing a lot of cases being made for four of those five teams as potential playoff teams. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it, 
top to bottom, it's it's definitely I think it's wide open this year. Um, you know, the East, you know who's going to be at the bottom. The Central, you yeah. kind of know. So, like you're saying, yeah, it's definitely an intriguing and uh, division in the AL. So, but we have so much to talk about in the central and we're going to make a great fun episode even with some of these bad teams we can laugh at them (laughs) a little bit there'll be plenty to get to one other announcement here that we have evan will be joining me on selection sunday the plan is to have a live show on either facebook or youtube and i'm currently figuring out how to do that (laughs) it's a little more complicated than it sounds as I've been finding out over the last couple of days, but I'm doing my research. I'm going to try to make that available so the listeners can comment and ask us questions as we talk about our reactions to seeing the brackets on selection Sunday and the opening rounds of March madness. And I know I'm on a baseball podcast, but if you ask me, that's my favorite time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Evan, this is it. It's uh, the overlap between these two. Well, you're right. This is the best. I mean, this is my favorite time of the year, I think, in sports. We've talked about that. It's just uh, you got baseball starting up. You got NBA playoffs races heating up. NHL playoff races heating up. College hoops. NFL draft in a month. I mean, it's just like there's every sport kind of has its thing going right now. You even got NASCAR starting up. So it's, (laughs) it's just a great time, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. There's so much to get to. Makes it a busy time to do podcasting, but that's what makes it fun. You talk about, Evan, how great a time of year this is and the overlap between Major League Baseball and college hoops. I must say, I'm not a big fan of opening day being on the first day of the Sweet 16. Yeah, that's a good point you bring up. You know, I hadn't really thought of that too much, but um you know it's tough if you move I, th- I feel like if you move opening day too much farther up you deal with some of those cities that have snow issues you know i remember cleveland had like two feet of snow a few years <laughs> 10 years yeah. back or so you know and they're just they played in milwaukee actually i still remember that we bought 10 dollar tickets to go watch vladimir guerrero versus travis hafner and <laughs> <laughs> it's just it was great but I, I don't know. It's a good point. I mean, you you know, they're already starting spring training up and everything, and maybe you move it up. You don't have to compete with, uh, like you said, some of these other sports starting to heat up. I just think about it from a marketability standpoint. If you want to own a day and have MLB opening day, do it when the biggest tournament in sports, when they're in a critical round of that tournament, don't do it on that day. Do mm-hmm. it on the day before. Do it on Wednesday. Right. No, that's that's not a bad idea. So, what if you even threw it on a Sunday? What if you did a like Ooh. a one a one series matchup on a Sunday, and then gave everyone off Monday, and then started up the series on Tuesday? So one one game, or everyone just plays one game against one, another team, and they move game. on to the next opponent. It's like a rivalry day, yeah. Yeah, that'd be White cool. Sox play the Cubs. I like you know, that. Or or Cubs play the Cardinals or something, and then. You could have other divisional matchups kind of to, uh, you know, Yankees, Red Sox. And then you just have like a crazy day. Like it's just Sunday, <laughs> every team. And it's just ESPN's just hammering out all these games. And they're on all ESPN channels. You could do ESPN, ESPN2. It's like a March Madness for baseball. And you got Monday off as a travel day. Tuesday then starts up the three-game series. That's a good idea. I like it. I think if they are to add two teams 
uh, one in the American League, one in the National League, and then they could they could cut down on interleague play. Yes. And go back to having interleague play as like a three or four week showcase type of series. I think you could get some really cool interleague matchups for that one day where you could say, oh yeah, the Yankees and the Dodgers, they only played each other once before right. they potentially meet in the World Series. They just played one game, not even yeah. a three game series. And what yeah. happened in that game? Right. And then it's a true opening day. You know, it's a day and it's not an opening day to the series, you know, an opening yeah. start to a three game series. So I don't know. It's something Manfred would probably go for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great idea. Evan, let's talk about this American League Central. You are joining me as a White Sox fan. So you are very familiar with this division. Oh, yeah. It's been a rough a rough 15 years <laughs> i feel like <laughs> it's been uh, a rough 15 years to watch this division as an observer it's <laughs> true it's true yeah <laughs> i shouldn't say 15 i mean there were a few years after t- 2005 you know uh, alex rios came around and some of those guys alexi ramirez but it's still been a rough decade <laughs> so you know, it's an interesting fact. I talked about this with Andrew Stem last year when we were covering the playoffs. I don't think we actually got this on the podcast, but he brought up the topic of since the last time the Braves won a playoff series, every other team in the National League East had played in the World Series. And that's actually the case with the Minnesota Twins. The last time they won a playoff series, early 2000s, since then, Royals, Tigers, Indians, and White Sox all been in the World Series, which is sort of crazy to think about when you think about how this division has been so poor in terms of win totals over the years. But I guess one thing that happens is the teams from the bottom seem to move towards the top fairly quickly. Yeah. No, that's interesting. That's a a cool stat. I have not heard that. Um, I know some people at work that would like to hear that. That's that's an intriguing one for sure. So... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think it's a testament to that. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, everyone's kind of had their their shot at it, their run at it in the last 20, 30 years here, I guess. So um, it has flipped around. And even recently, like you're saying, the Royals, the Indians, the Tigers, you know, those are just three that have made it, what, in the last 10, 12 years here. So. Yeah, the Tigers have gotten a couple of cracks at it. Very strange division for that reason. Teams seem to move quickly from the top to the bottom and vice versa. The last year, the AL Central, would you agree with it was the worst division in baseball? I guess it was between that and the AL East. Oh yeah. It's been the worst division in baseball for a while now. I mean it was it was bad last year. The Sox were not not anywhere close to being a great team yet and they finished third. So um yeah it's it was pretty brutal last year. So let's start off with a team that, of all these teams, has played in the World Series most recently, and that's the Cleveland Indians, who had an interesting offseason. They dangled Frankie Lindor out there, and we're just saying, who wants him? Didn't end up pulling the trigger on any deals, but they did trade Corey Kluber. It was almost shocking to me that they did that. I know they have to save money, and I know that they have financial limitations, and I know that they're one of the best and the smartest front offices in baseball, but they didn't really get the kind of return that I thought Corey Kluber would yield. Yeah, I agree. I feel like, like you said, they 
I feel like they just kind of got stuck in between of like, all right, we're just going to get rid of all our studs and just move on and try to rebuild. And then, you know, okay, we're going to get rid of some, but not really get what we want back and not really get anywhere right away and not in the future. So it's like, I don't know. It it is kind of a weird move that they made. And then, like you said, Lindor, I mean, he doesn't seem happy there really. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but they don't, they're not discussing anything long-term right now. So it's just kind of a weird waiting game. I feel like, um, for Cleveland right now, I don't know. what do you think of that whole, the whole off season, honestly, for them, Jack, what'd you think? It was a very strange one because they didn't really go out and do anything that would significantly improve their team. And they did make that move. They traded Kluber and they also traded Bauer midway through last year. Right. And the Bauer trade, I'm curious to see how it ends up working out for them in the long run. But off the top of my head, it seemed that the trade that they made was they got Fran Mill Reyes and they got Puig out of it. And the Padres were ultimately the guys who ended up getting the prospect capital when they got Taylor Trammell, which is the kind of guy that I would want back as the centerpiece of a Trevor Bauer trade. Right. That's who you think you'd get back if you're Cleveland. But they were trying to load up on their bats for last year. And now Puig isn't even on a roster. They still have Reyes. He's going to hit homers. But I don't know. I don't really know what direction they're going in because typically when teams make those moves, they are trying to build towards the future and not patch up some holes and get some guys who are solid but not superstar players. Right, exactly. So it was, yeah, like you said, it was just very strange. Um, I to still their think- credit, I will say, Bauer did not pitch well in Cincinnati. But- no. No. And Bauer also seemed to be asking to get traded <laughs> yeah. with his antics. Bauer, Bauer, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's got to be like one of the vo- most vocal guys right now, you know? In the he was very sport. vocal when he came out of the game and threw the ball over center field. Oh, ball. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that was hard to watch, but it was funny at the same time. I mean, that's oh, it just, was, it was very entertaining. <laughs> it's just like, you don't want to see that meltdown out of anyone, but just, just chucking the ball. I mean, oh, my gosh. That was. <laughs> That was something. (laughs) When I was watching that, it seemed like a Will Ferrell type of character that he's playing in a movie. Yeah, it's out of one of those movies, you know? Like, what is he thinking? (laughs) So they got back Delino DeShields Jr. Yeah. In this trade, who's a solid outfielder. But again, you'd think Corey Kluber, Cy Young type of pitcher. Right. You'd think you'd get someone, you know, someone to just take over. But, um, I still, I don't know about you. I still think they have enough talent to put together a solid run. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, Jose Ramirez had a very bad year last year in terms of his standards. And I I don't think he's going to repeat that again this year. He also, it seemed he would heat up and then he'd get hurt. And that was a trend. He got hurt a couple times. Right, yeah. When he'd come out of the lineup, they couldn't score many runs. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I know I, I paid attention a lot to him a couple of years ago just because I had him on my fantasy team. And <laughs> I mean, it was two years ago, but he hit 318, 29 homers, 83 ribbies. And then, you know, the year last year, even 105 ribbies. And then last year, it was just 255, 23 homers. I think he was hitting under 200, like, a, like what, two months into the season? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think he's the type of guy that's going to have a bounce back year. Um, and he, he's just some of the star power that they have. I mean, they've got him, and I, I do like their outfield. 
Yeah, it's a good outfield. They got Mercado and Domingo Santana with Delano DeShields Jr. and Fran Mil Reyes is a nice power bat. So I'm with you. I think this team, if you were to talk about who can compete in this division, I, I do think it's open for three teams mm-hmm. to win the division. I think the Indians, White Sox, and Twins are all going to be in the mix. And I think ultimately why the Indians didn't trade Lindor they took a look and said, you know, this isn't a great division. Right. We're going to have 36 games alone against the Tigers and the Royals. So we can capitalize on this window. What if this division ends up turning around in a few years? The Royals, Tigers, and White Sox are all there, and it's a very competitive division. So we're in our window now. We should try to go for it. But then they, they didn't actually make any moves to get better. So... It's just it's an interesting situation, but I think what they're looking at is let's let's roll the dice with this team, see what we have, and if we don't have it, if we're not in the mix for the division, if one of these teams ends up going out and winning a hundred games like the Twins did last year, then they're going to be looking at that Lindor trade at the deadline, but hopefully they can get something better back for them than what the Orioles did with Machado, which seems like right. a similar type of situation. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's a good point. I think they're maybe holding off on the Lindor talks just to kind of see how it all plays out. Um, you know, nothing really to lose yet. They can still get, like you said, if, if they can still get a decent return for him, then they can, then it'd be a good move. But yeah, I mean, we'll get to it here, but the bottom is pretty stacked in terms of uh, prospects and teams that are, you know, maybe still three or four years away, but they're they're getting there. They're, they're putting together the pieces, and you can start to see it form. Yeah, they're totally getting there. Technically, Lindor still has uh, another year on his contract after this year, Okay, so it wouldn't be like the Machado situation. So I still think if they trade him at this deadline, they can get a ton back for him. So that was probably a smart move that if you're not getting the offer that you like to just hold on to them. I think it's similar to a little bit of what the Cubs may have been looking at with Chris Bryant. Mm, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I Ultimately, you'd like to just lock up that guy so he can be a staple of your organization for the next eight years. Agreed. Yeah. He's the type of superstar player that, uh, you know, that teams that teams need and stuff. So do you think this rotation is as good as it was a year ago. They still have Clevenger, Shane Bieber, Carrasco came back from cancer, which was an amazing story. And then Zach Plesac is another guy to look at. That's a that's still a very good rotation and quite possibly the best rotation in the American League Central. It is. Yeah, I, I like Carrasco a lot. I mean, great story and everything. Um, yeah, I like to... I'd like to see him put together a, a big year here. Um, I like Clevenger a lot, too. Tell me about Plezak. Like, what, what's his deal? Well, he was one of the best rookie pitchers last year. He's the nephew of Dan Plezak, and he's from the Valparaiso region of northwest Indiana. There you go. Okay, so he's got he's got good genes, and he's uh, you know coming from a good area of the U.S. So. Yeah, and he also... Jordan Morandini, I believe, I, I'm going to have to double check with him when I record with him later this week. I think he got a hit off of Plesak either in uh, high school or junior high. Oh, wow. There you go. That's yeah. a claim to fame. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's played against him several times. That's pretty sweet, actually. This is still a good team. 
their over-under win total, I'm looking at it. Last year, they won 93. This year, 85 and a half is the number. Would you go over or under, Evan? I go over. What do you think? Hmm. I think this is a really good number. Hmm. I think they'll be right around... I say I would go slightly under because they lose Kluber, they lose Puig, so they, they lost some guys. I don't think they added a whole lot. They're still a solid team, but there's a possibility that they could be selling guys off at the deadline. So I think I would go under, but as currently constructed, I think this is a team. And it's similar to the White Sox. I, I could see really anywhere between 82 and 90 wins, uh, but I, I will go under. I say they win 84 games. Mm, right under. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a good number they set it at there. So. Yeah, that was a great one. We went through some of these the other day, and a lot of these, I think, have been very far off. Hmm. Yeah. No, I, think, I, I think they're right around 90 again. I mean, I think they're right there. Um, I, it will be tight, I think, at the top of this division, and we can get to that. But it's going to be, like you said, there's three teams that all, all have a legitimate chance, in my opinion, to win it all. Win the, win the division, that is. Yeah, and I would also say another reason why I would not go up to the 93 that they had last year is that the White Sox are a significantly better team than they were a year ago. So those 18 games, in addition to the other 36 they played against those other two teams, I don't think those 18 games against the White Sox are games that you can just you know put in a few <laughs> subs and <laughs> not have to worry about. I think you have actually two other teams to worry about in this division rather than just one that you had last year. Right. That's a good point. No, that's a very, very fair point. But in the American League in general, and when you have the Royals and the Tigers in your division, it's not too hard to win 90. No. <laughs> so <laughs> they definitely could. Yeah. No, you can rack up wins against those guys. All right, Evan, let's have a conversation here about the White Sox. So much to talk about with this team. I'll let you get started. And after that, I think there are going to be a few fun conversations about the White Sox as an organization that we can get into. (laughs) So what are you, what are you liking from this off season? What were your favorite moves that they made? I, I like that they're going for uh, solid veteran pieces to add to the young core that they've got. I mean, they've they've got one of the most unique, uh, you know, most unique groups of older, younger players. Um, I'm trying to think of the word I'm looking for. I guess the most unique mixture of players in, in my opinion, in baseball. Um, you've got one of the best farm systems that's finally starting to hit the bigs here. And you bring in some older guys, and I'm referring to Dallas Keuchel. I'm referring to Gio Gonzalez, uh, Edwin Encarnacion, even Nomar Mazzara out in the outfield. I mean, the dude, he can slug the ball. So, um, But the one name, and I know you probably you may have heard of him, is uh, Luis Robert. And that's the guy yeah. I'm really, really excited about. Um, maybe there's a little too much hype around him, but I really believe his, his build and – the way people are talking, what he did across basically every level last year in the minors um, has this guy pegged as, as a bona fide star in the years to come. Absolutely. So there's a lot to like about 
this squad, and they remind me a little bit of the 2015 Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, just an abundance of, of young talent. And going out and starting to add some of those veteran guys to try to push this team forward and change the culture from losing. Tim Anderson is coming off an MVP caliber type of season. I mean, maybe not the MVP, but he was a guy who got some votes, had a great year. He struggles a little bit defensively, and there's some other struggles this team has had defensively, collectively, but you can't ignore the talent and the amount of runs that this team is likely going to score this year in a hitter's park. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a big thing, and and uh, you know, top to bottom, I mean, there's not really going to be a weak spot, I don't think, um, when when pitchers are going to face this team. You know, we saw even Mancada last year show much better plate discipline towards the end of the year. I mean, that's a dude that was just hacking at balls um, when he came up two years ago, <laughs> yeah. two three years ago, I guess, and then the last two years, and then even the beginning of last year. I mean, the dude was just swinging at everything and he still struck out 154 times i'm looking at it now that's quite a bit but i mean he, he he definitely showed better plate discipline towards the latter half of the year and got his average over 300 so my concerns about this team what i think is limiting them from being a true contender in this division as currently constructed it could change maybe when Kopech comes up he provides a nice spark plug in their rotation. I don't think the rotation is going to be good enough to win the division. And I also would say, as I mentioned a little bit, that there are some weak spots on this team defensively. I look at their outfield with Jimenez and Nomar Mazzara. I'm looking at Tim Anderson at shortstop. And last year, the team was not a very great defensive team. Jose Abreu, at mm-hmm. first base. Yep. Yep. And with a guy like Dallas Keuchel, who is in his mid-30s, he's going to be a guy that's going to need some good defense behind him because he's going to be a contact type of pitcher. Yes. I think they're going to need, in order to be a real contender, I need two things I need to see. A big, significant improvement defensively and an improvement in terms of their pitching staff. Yeah, no, that's both fair, uh, very fair points. You know, the pitching staff is still, it's a unique blend, like I said, of younger and older guys. If Giolito can really step up and become that ace, you know, and have Keiko a little lower in the rotation, and like you said, Kopech, I mean, when he comes back, um, I I think they've got the talent there. I just don't know if it's ready now, but I think it's, it's getting there. I think they need another guy. I think yeah. they could have, if they had gotten Bumgarner in addition oh, to Keuchel, yeah. now you're looking at, oh my gosh, this is a team that, and they, they technically can win the division. I think they're in the mix. They're not my favorite to win the division. The upside is there for them to win the division, but I don't favor them to win the division due to what I see out of the pitching staff. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a fair point for sure. So, um, I think they try to address that with Gio Gonzalez. I just don't know. Like you said, I mean, there's a there's definitely a talent gap between a guy like Baumgartner, even Zach Wheeler. Some people were talking about him. Oh yeah, um, and then Gio Gonzalez. So, um, one thing I do like in the bullpen. I know we don't talk too much about the bullpen, but they did bring back Alex Colon, which is a good a good signing. And Aaron Bummer, they signed. They really like Aaron Bummer a lot. Um, he's a lefty guy signed into like a three year deal. I want to say, um, and then. 
you're probably familiar. I I know I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong, but Ciszek. Yes. You, you got C-shack. it. Steve Steve Ciszek. Ciszek. There you go. Like a Ciszek. Ciszek. Okay. Sheck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like Sheck Wes. Okay. <laughs> it's going to start sounding like that commercial where it's like the she shed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but they bring him in too. So it's like, all right, maybe that's your seven, eight, nine right there with, uh, with Ciszek, Bummer and Cologne. So I, you know, I was talking to someone at work. They bring up a good point. I don't know if they'd throw all that money at Bummer to not have him be either their setup guy or their closer at some point. I, I like what they're doing there, at least. I love how they locked up Luis Robert. Yes. Just last week, I think, they signed him to pull that move where you give a guy the safety net of a five- or six-year contract with... 60 50 to 60 million dollars you're not giving him a huge contract but he's going to be taken care of financially in case he were to get injured or something unfortunate were to happen to him comparatively if if he if he pans out the way you are expecting him to then you're paying him well below market value right yeah, it's, it's a lot of money to throw at a guy that hasn't played yet in the bigs, but I, that's a good point you bring up. Um, you know, it, it's I, I truly believe it's going to look like a steal in a couple of years. Oh, absolutely. Um, the dude is going to be posting crazy numbers, I have a feeling. And, you know, we're talking fantasy baseball in 2022. He'll be a top 10 pick. So <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me a little bit. The Tampa Bay Rays did that with Evan Longoria. Mm. before he had played a game and that worked out wonderfully for them yeah no that, that's definitely a good point so um yeah we'll see here you know there's a lot to like and i don't know if we really mentioned yasmani grandal behind the plate provides I was just about to presence. bring up his name i think that was yeah. their best offseason addition very underrated move um you know, I liked a lot what I saw out of James McCann last year. I just kept waiting for that dude to fall off, and he just never <laughs> did. He just kept coming back strong, and I was like, all right, he's he's the guy. He's going to be the catcher for the next few years here. Um, and then they bring on Grindahl, and I'm like, all right, now now we've got a surplus of, of power where we can put McCann as a DH instead of Encarnacion or put uh you know him at first or grandal at first and then put a brayu in there and it's there's a whole not bunch to mention of the highly touted prospect zach collins yeah right yeah i mean he's been he's been trying to get up there for a while now i feel like and it's you almost feel like he's getting stuck um but yeah i mean he's another guy that you could have three catchers on the roster at some point and <laughs> i feel like they they did that last year or something similar to that at one point during the year just with all the the power and the young talent they had so let me ask you a couple of questions with robert's extension is he going to start the season in the bigs i believe so yeah, yeah. and uh, would you expect the same from madrigal I don't know about Madrigal. He's still so what I'm what I'm seeing and what I'm reading, I guess, is that they may give him a little bit of time and he's got a chance to to crack the opening day roster, but I think they're fine if, if Lori Garcia has to start there at second. Um Madrigal will be up at some point this year, and that's another good name you bring up, Jack, because he can he's a, he can steal bases. I mean he he's the future leadoff guy of this team. Yeah, I remember when he got drafted, there were a lot of uh, Altuve comparisons mm. with the size. Uh, hopefully, he isn't too much like Altuve. Yeah, no buzzers. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need any of that. Rip his shirt off. 
yeah, we want this guy to rip his shirt off. Right. He'll go all the way. He'll do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a bum, Altuve. Do <laughs> you have any other thoughts on this team? I, I got another subject I want to bring up regarding the White Sox, but do you have any other talking points you want to bring up? No, I mean, I like them a lot. Um, I might have been a little ambitious a few years ago saying White Sox 2020 world champs. I don't <laughs> know if they're there yet. I think this is the year that they can get a wild card, maybe, depending on the other divisions. Um, I, they, I think they can get up there, but I think next year is really going to be the year when, okay, you got you got guys that are starting to become veterans that are still young, like Mankata and uh, Eloy Jimenez and Tim Anderson, some of these guys that are still young, but they're going to be veterans because they've played on the team so on. And then you got the true young guys like Robert and Madrigal and um, you know some of these other guys that are going to be coming up here, Kopech and and Andrew Dylan, Vaughn. Yeah, Dylan Sees. I mean, Dylan Sees might be a in the in the starting rotation to start. And he's got some nasty stuff. So struggled a little bit last year, but yeah, he, he I like his stuff a lot. He did, yeah. But yeah, I think it's gonna be a like I said. I just love I love the mixture of this team. It doesn't feel like they're forcing any of these Ken Griffey Jr. signings anymore, or <laughs> Jim Tomey signings, where they're just trying to you know it's it's, it's like the Reinsdorf model almost, where you try to pack the stadium in, which is some yeah. of these big name guys. Total Reinsdorf move. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't I don't feel like they're trying to do that anymore. I really feel like they're putting together a solid product out there. They're thinking through their moves. They're thinking through we're going to place guys in the in the order and different different matchups that they can have and and that's what I really like. It's going to be a fun year to really watch this team, even if they don't make the playoffs. It's just another step in the right direction. Evan, the last thing I want to bring up about this White Sox team before we give our over under picks and win projections, the White Sox are in, in my opinion, in awesome position right now not just to win but to also steal a lot of fans in the city of Chicago one of the things that made the Cubs so popular as really one of the most popular teams in the nation was the fact that their games were on WGN and you could watch WGN around the country WGN radio across the country yeah there are Cubs fans everywhere for that reason alone. What's going to happen this year when not everyone is going to pay extra and make the switch over to the marquee network? I mean, the Cubs are doing this, for those that don't know, I know a lot of people might not know because they don't live in Chicago. The Cubs <laughs> are forcing their fans, in order to watch their games, they have to purchase an exclusive channel that the Cubs own the Cubs created their own TV network and you have to buy it in order to watch the games they've also done a poor job of marketing this out to people and they haven't figured out if Xfinity will be able to pick it up so a lot of fans don't even know how to get this service I think potentially what can happen here Evan is they're going to be regardless of if people know how to switch over, they may have to switch their cable over. I don't know. But regardless of what happens, there are going to be people who followed the Cubs for a long time that either can't afford the Cubs network or aren't going to go to the lengths of getting it. And I think what's going to end up happening as a result, and this is where the White Sox have a big-time opportunity 
there are so many people we talk about who had this, oh, I was a Cubs fan, even though I lived in Georgia, and the Cubs were on WGN. That's how I became a fan. Well, now the story could be, well, I was nine years old, and all I could watch were White Sox games, even though I grew up in the northern suburbs of Chicago, and I just love baseball, so the Sox were good. The Sox were easy to watch. They were accessible. The games were cheap to go to, and I think this, that's how I became a Sox fan. I think the Sox have an awesome opportunity here to capitalize. All they got to do is win. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I, I, it's a great great point you bring up. I mean, it's you know, it's it's another topic for another day, but I think you're starting to see the beginning of teams having their own networks and you make a lot more money that way. Um, it does make things difficult, like you said, though. I mean, I, I, I work with people who are Cubs fans and they aren't even, they're not even from Chicago, nowhere near it. And they're Cubs fans, like you said, because that was a team they could watch. They could listen and, and watch that team. And there were you know, Sammy Sosa and, and Mark Grace and some of those guys back then. So it's like, it's a good point you bring up that the White Sox have a legit chance now. It almost kind of reminds me of the whole Chicago Blackhawks Bill Wirtz story where totally. you know he takes them off national t- or off of off of any TV deals. Well, all of a sudden the team's not popular because people don't know who they are and <laughs> no one can watch yeah. them. So they don't know who these players are <laughs> at all. And it's not like the old days where you could turn on, you know, Sunday night sports shows and, and watch highlights of, you know, the last week of baseball. It's like no, it's it's um, you know, you could still get your news and everything from Twitter, but it's it is definitely different now. Like you said, the White Sox have a prime opportunity to steal some viewers. Um, you mentioned it's affordable to go to games. Uh, it's not the greatest area, but I guess it is cleaning up a little bit down there. So it, there's definitely some positives to, to what you're saying. I, I do agree. You can tailgate. The games are cheap. Yeah. And I think... Really, the thing, this is where the Cubs, the Cubs have goofed up about four or five different things regarding this in terms of not really having a set plan and fans don't know how they can get this network and we're just two and a half weeks away from opening day. (laughs) But I think one of the biggest ones is the timing. If the Cubs had won the World Series last year or they had played in a World Series and there was a lot of buzz and excitement around the Cubs... I think every, just about every Cubs fan who knows how to switch their cable provider or purchase a channel would sign up for that, and they would keep it, even if the team ended up trending downward from that point forward, because they would have gotten acclimated to the channel and everything. But the timing isn't good. The Cubs have actively regressed over the last few years. Last year, only won 84 games, didn't really do anything to improve the roster this winter. So that, I think the Cubs, I don't think the Cubs are going to end up cleaning up on this the way that they may have expected to, and it could hurt them in the long run for this reason. Yeah, I agree. Everything you say, I agree. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Good point. So, (laughs) And the Cubs, so this is where I'm going to make my bold prediction regarding the Sox. Oh, I say the Sox win more games than the Cubs do this year. Wow. The White Sox are at 84 and a half. The Cubs are at 85 and a half. Hmm. I think the Sox get to 87. Ooh. And I'll reveal my Cubs total 
later this week. Oh, can't <laughs> wait to hear that. <laughs> That's a teaser if I've heard one. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm going over yeah, on the Sox. Right. I, I'm going over that too. I Like I said, I think, I don't know, I guess there's, there's games played against people in the division. You got to factor that in. But I think they're right there around 90. I really do. Um, and they're fighting for a wild card spot this year. Yeah, I think they're in the mix. I think the way the American League is constructed, it's just going to be really tough with the A's, Astros, Yankees, and Rays. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost... They talked about adding... They wanted to add two more teams into the playoffs, which I I don't like that idea at all. But in the American League, you probably would. If you were to add one more team, you'd actually probably get another good team in there. Whereas in the National League, you might get a team that's at 85 wins just based on the the win totals. Not really necessarily how how good those teams are because of the power structure in those leagues. Yeah, no, exactly. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting how it's all structured. Like you said, you got those top four, I guess. Um, I'm just kind of throwing the Astros out of my mind, but yeah, I got to consider them at least. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, if the Astros are still there in the 90s, then they'll probably take that last wild card spot. One more thing, Evan, in terms of the TV deal, and I know you work with the Columbus Blue Jackets, so you work in sports, you know a whole lot about marketing teams and the business of sports. I do think if you're creating a network for your team, while it will benefit your team financially, I also think, however, it's not good for Major League Baseball because one of the things that the MLB has had going for it against other leagues such as the NBA is that in the local markets, they dominate from a viewership standpoint. They do so well in the local markets maybe not quite as well on a national game in terms of a Sunday night game versus a primetime NBA game where you get two superstar players going toe-to-toe. But the, the MLB does so well in the local markets, and now you take it and it, you make it even harder for one of the most popular teams in the sport, make it harder for people to watch their games. I don't think that's a great thing for baseball. No, that's true. That's a good point. And even with the Cubs, like you're saying, I mean, they play a lot of daytime games even, so that might have something to do with it too. Um, you know, they're not always in prime time. I mean, they are, but they're, they're kinda, they kind of were known for that and being on during the day and flip on GN and check them out, you know. So I think overall, and like I said, this is a conversation for another day, but overall sports are kind of getting to, and everything, honestly, how you consume TV and media is getting to the point where you have to buy whatever you want, and you're just going to get that and maybe a couple other things added on to it. But you got all these different package deals now and everything where you've got NBC's got their own thing coming out. CBS has their own thing and all these different stations. So it's getting to that point, you know, I think like you can look at Yes Network and that's been around for a while. And, you know, Texas has the Longhorn Network for college sports and they make a ton of money off that. Notre Dame's got their deal with NBC. Um so there's, there's positives to it where you've seen it, but in baseball, like you're saying, you know, like you said, a lot of people like the local feel to it, I think, and they've, they've definitely benefited off of that. And by, by what the Cubs are trying to do and attempting to do, not only just with the timing of it all, but what they're trying to do is, 
it will be interesting to see how it works out. Honestly, I am intrigued, um, but it may not be the best fit for a baseball team. Like you're saying. Well, and the other thing is the yes network is split between a few teams. It's not just the Yankees. So you get the nets. I think you get the, uh, New York Red Bulls. I I think that's their team. Yeah. Is it the Red Bulls? I don't know. That's a soccer team. Yeah. I I think. Yeah. 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 Are they on there too? Yeah. They're on there. Yeah. I know they're, uh, they get a pro soccer team. So you split it between a few teams and I think you probably get a little more bang for your buck because then you're able to watch the basketball team when baseball season ends. Right now, it's just the marquee network is just Cubs. And I think the Dodgers also split their network with another local team, Mm. too. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with the LA market, but yeah. Be very interesting to see how it works out. All the Sox have to do this year is win. And I I think they will win quite a few. Just win it all and then start up the Sox network network next year. (laughs) (laughs) That's the the formula, so... (laughs) I, I could never see Jerry Reinsdorf actually doing that, though. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It'd be something to see. I, I, I just like to see them win first. So we'll get to that step and then worry about the White Sox network. <laughs> well, Evan, let's move over and talk about one of these other teams in the American League. Control. Which one would you like to talk about first, Royals or Tigers? Oof, man. Uh, let's go with Kansas City. Yeah, let's yeah, do Kansas yeah. City. Let's do that. So, yeah. new manager. Yeah, no, I, they, they got a fresh start somewhat. Um, Mike Matheny is in. I like that hire a lot. I think he's a good man. Yeah, real solid. We saw a great year out of uh, your boy Jorge Soler last year. So yeah, that was that led was, the American League in homers. Yeah, I mean, talk about some power. We all knew it was there. It was just a matter of time. I'm, and a matter of where he found it. So yeah, and staying healthy. Yep. No, that's a good point. So, um, so yeah. I mean, it, there's some definitely some cool storylines here. You get Perez back after his injury last year. Salvador Perez behind the plate. Um, I like Mondesi a lot in the infield. Yes. He, I think he's got talent to really take that next step. Um, but I don't know. Is there anyone that you're looking at here, Jack? I mean, this is a team that is sort of rebuilding, like you're saying. They got a new manager, a veteran manager coming in. Um, what do you expect out of the Royals? I don't expect a whole lot, but I do expect them to be somewhat entertaining. Last year, they were one of my favorite bad teams to watch, at least in the first half of the year. Part of it was the draw with them was how they could steal so many bases. They had so many fast guys with Mondesi, Merrifield, Terrence Gore, and Billy Hamilton. Mm. Billy Jeez. Hamilton's no longer there, so they don't have the same kind of flyers, but they still do have Mondesi and Merrifield. Yeah, uh, I like Merrifield too. I, I kind of forgot about him that he was still sticking around there, but um, no, that team is, like you said, they're fast. That's three leadoff guys basically on any other team for you know <laughs> if you got Hamilton in there um I they're they'll be a fun team to watch I think with Soler just slugging the ball um, yeah they did pick up another guy similar to the Soler pickup they picked up Michael Franco yes who had a very high has always been talked about having a lot of potential in Philadelphia He's going to be their opening day third baseman, it looks like, right now. And he is a good guy to take a flyer on when your team isn't anything exceptional. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like he's made some mental mistakes in the past, and um, he's not always 
you know, sharp with his decision making. But, um, you know, like you said, if you're the Royals, take a chance on him, kind of like you did with Soler a little bit and bring a guy in that's younger like that, that you know has potential. And, um, you know, who knows? He could he could turn into a stud on, on the Kansas City and just kind of show out out there. So Another guy that I think a team like the Royals or like the Tigers, one of these teams, maybe some someone will eventually pick him up. He hasn't been picked up yet, but I think he would be the ultimate type of guy to try to rehab and bring, you know, try to bring to full potential. You have any idea who I'm talking about? You're talking about Puig? Not well. He he's a guy too. <laughs> I mean, imagine if they threw him on there. But no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Another Cuban guy with Solaire. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Addison Russell. Oh yeah. Age 25, had. 11 or 12 RBIs in the World Series, hmm. which was huge for the Cubs. Uh, he's only 25, as I mentioned, has started in an all-star game. Great defensive player. Has He did have that year in 2016 where he hit 20 homers. I think there's still a lot of potential with that guy. I think it's just a matter of you got to pick him up without taking some sort of public hit from the fan base. Yeah, that's going to be the toughest thing wherever – if he lands somewhere and wherever he does land is taking that punch that will come with it because there will be that punch. Um, I didn't realize he's still 25, though. I mean, just his everything he's been through, his name is in the news and everything, and his success at such an early age, that, that is pretty crazy that he's 25. And we've seen so many guys like them in baseball. And I think that's one thing that's great about baseball is it's a sport of second chances. And I know some people don't like the idea of people getting second chances. I love the idea of seeing redemption stories. And I think he is one. He could fit in nicely with the Royals because they pick up all these former Cubs teaming. <laughs> they got Mike Montgomery. They've had Travis Wood and Trevor Cahill yeah. in the past. So get another guy from that 2016 Cubs team and uh, maybe you'll get some good results. Yeah, it's just that steady pipeline, like you're saying. <laughs> They're scouting out the Cubs. So <laughs> Another guy I like, Hunter Dozier, yeah. I believe, was an all-star last year. I think he hit at least 30 homers last year. Uh, that's a nice player. Yeah, no, he's solid. I mean, they've got pieces here. You know, it, Maybe Matheny's the type of guy that they need to kind of turn around. I mean, the yeah. more we taltalk about them, the more there is to like here, and, and they're taking chances at least, so... Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know if they're gonna do anything crazy, but you know, they could they could flirt up there with uh, you know, seventy five, eighty wins, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't go as high as eighty, but I think they could very well be in the seventies. The thing with them, the big weakness is their pitching staff. Yeah, they don't have a very strong starting pitching staff, and that seems to be a theme with a lot of these <laughs> teams that are at the bottom of American League. Yeah, who's their guy? Do they have a guy? I mean. It's uh, Danny Duffy. Duffy, yeah. See, I mean, that's no no disrespect to Duffy, but you know, it, it, he's on a, on a legit contending team. He's more of that third or fourth option, I would have to think. You know, and yeah. uh, you know, like I said, no disrespect or anything, but it's tough, like you said, when you don't have like an ace to really roll out there day one and and start. Something I like is that Alex Gordon came back. Mm-hmm. As he was a free, I think he was a free agent uh, this winter, and he came back. And it's kind of cool to see a guy who won a World Series with an organization just stick around with the organization and be a fan favorite. 
Yeah. No, he's, I mean, he's the type of guy that you go to the stadium and you see all, all those Alex Gordon jerseys. You know, everyone's yeah. got one. And, you know, it seems like every team's kind of got that guy where it's like, all right, this is, this is the guy that you put in all the local commercial spots, you know? And yeah. It's really the kind of the face of the team, even if he's not their best player. Um, you know, he's just kind of the face that, that's out there and is willing to be marketable and, and, and that sort of thing. So I do like that, um, you know, they bring him back in. There's a great deal of value to guys like that staying with an organization their whole careers. I think that's so cool. And I know Alex Gordon isn't the type of player that we're talking about for the Hall of Fame by any stretch of the imagination. But he is a guy that I think his career will probably be remembered better with him staying in this situation and being a lifetime Royal than it would be if, unless I guess if he were to go to a team and have a big moment in a postseason game, I guess that would probably build up his legend. But I mean, you'll always remember that home run he hit in the world series. Oh yeah. That's a thing. I mean, he, he came up with Kansas city, like you're saying, and and had some solid years before they made their run and then he was he was solid during their run had some big moments and now he comes back and like you said if he finishes his career here um you know it's kind of a good storybook ending almost it's a good bookmark with you know the middle being the championship run and um you know having having all those all-star appearances and everything so yeah so this team doesn't they have three top 100 prospects none are expected to come up this year bobby witt jr was hmm. a top five pick last year and someone on the he was a number two overall pick and i remember you may not have watched the mlb draft because uh you're not as weird as i am evan but <laughs> someone on the broadcast compared his stardom in kansas city to that of patrick mahomes wow really yeah, so he's an exciting guy. He's mm. currently the number 10 prospect in all of baseball. He's still got a couple of years to go because he got drafted out of high school, but he's a guy to to keep an eye on if you're watching uh, their minor league games. Yeah, now I might have to tune in now and watch this guy if he's uh, Patrick Mahomes. So <laughs> that'd be something to see him and Mahomes go toe-to-toe in KC. I don't know if they go toe-to-toe. They team up. Oh, there you go. You're right. Mahomes gave him a shout out right after that co- comparison was made. Oh, there he you go. gave him a shout out on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> champion Mahomes. So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how about that? Kansas City, I wouldn't say they've suffered. They've always had solid teams. They've never but they they haven't won too many championships. They've won a mm-hmm. World Series and a Super Bowl over the last 5 years. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And how about this? A more broader sense of sports. KC winning a football championship. St. Louis winning hockey. You got Toronto winning basketball and Washington winning baseball. I mean, that's that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's pretty broad, but it's, you know, <laughs> it, that's cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of lots of cool stuff there in terms of over under total. Odd Shark has the Royals sitting at 64 and a half. They won 59 last year. Mm. That's a tough one. Man. I mean, I uh, what do you think, Jack? So, last year, there were three teams that lost 100 in the American League. The Royals, Tigers, and Orioles. And the Tigers didn't just lose 100. They lost 114. Jeez. 
<laughs> so I have some fun conversations about that squad as well. But I don't know. I think they're probably right around that 95 to 100 losses. The Mariners, I think, are going to lose more this year. And there are a lot of teams that were in the middle class, such as the Rangers, the Angels, the White Sox, that all seemingly got at least a little better. Right. So you're thinking lower then? That's that's a really good number, 64 and <laughs> a half. sticking it right there, huh? Yeah, that's really, really good. Okay, I will go slightly over at 65. Mm, okay, just over, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go over as well. I guess I kind of talked myself into it looking at this team a little <laughs> more. I think they'll be kind of fun to watch. I really do. Um, you know, I think they get right close to 70. I know I'm predicting a lot of wins, I guess, out of this division. But um, I don't know. I think they'll be kind of fun. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're going to be a fun, bad team to watch. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And we got to watch Bobby Witt, too. So. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Twins, the favorites by seemingly a lot of people in the sport. They won 101 games last year. They added Josh Donaldson. They also made a couple of additions to their pitching staff. So they added Kenta Maeda and Homer Bailey. So their pitching staff is a little better than it was last year. That was definitely a weakness for them yeah no they i i feel like they did more than like the indians did you know in terms of adding guys totally um i like i like the top i like um jose barrios a lot i mean i feel like i draft him every year in fantasy just (laughs) because the dude is just he's a stud you know i feel like he doesn't mess up a lot i don't know if that's (laughs) the right term but he just (laughs) seems to be so solid every time and you know they've got like you said they got a very solid rotation here um with maeda and bailey coming in those are great guys to add to the bottom there um and they got jake odorizzi too so i I don't know what i you think this pitching staff can uh can go toe-to-toe with the indians are we there yet or not quite I think it can, because I do think we talk about what the Indians have lost. And we know the Twins are going to score a lot of runs, as they did last year. Maybe not as many if the baseball is different this year, but they're (laughs) going to... They have a high-scoring offense, and they add Donaldson to that. So their offense is going to score a lot of runs. I think this pitching staff... I don't I would not say it's as good as the Indians is right now, but I don't think they're too far behind. I would say, however, I think they have the type of pitching staff that serves them very well for the regular season, but come October they're going to need at least one more big time pitcher in order to win a playoff series against a team such as the Rays, Yankees. A's or Astros. So you think so you think there's still a move away, like a summer acquisition away from a, another stud pitcher? Yeah, maybe maybe even maybe two. Yeah. You look at what the Astros had last year. They had Cole Verlander and Granke. They had three studs. And right. won the World Series yeah. last year, the Nationals had three studs. And the the rotation I like the best is the Rays and they have Glass now, Snell and Morton. Yeah. Right. So I think you need 
you need to have three of those type of guys who yeah. to, in order to win playoff series. Yeah, when you get to the postseason, you definitely need three guys, and um, that's a good point. I mean, I think the Twins have solid guys, but they might only have one of those guys really with Barrios that's they can actually, like you're saying, go toe to toe with the other three. And obviously, he can't pitch, you know, every game, so he's not going to go out there and just throw his arm off like Baumgartner did that one series. But I uh, do think Odorizzi has the capability to get to that type of level and be a clutch postseason performer, similar to a guy like Nathan Eovaldi. Mm, but yeah. if you're looking at it right now on what you can count on, I, I wouldn't count on him in that regard. I think he's capable of getting to that level. I don't really know if any of the other guys are, though. Right. So that would be definitely a situation to monitor You know, throughout the year is can the, uh, can the bats carry them far? So... Um, it will work out great for them in the regular season. Uh, they w- They are my division pick. And mm-hmm. the Got one life. thing that makes me a little hesitant to pick them is the fact that it seems that they go up and down every other year. <laughs> yeah. I was just about to say, weren't they just down at the bottom? I mean, it was like, I feel like, you know, you're just talking about them at the bottom of the division just, you know, a few years ago. I, I, I know, you know, last year they had a huge year. But, yeah, it's just up and down 2017 was a big year for the two i think so 2017 they played in the wild card game against the yankees and then in 18 they struggled mightily and they were way down there as you mentioned and same thing with uh 2016 was another year they were down yeah they were awful 2016 they were like i think they were actually okay in 2015 yeah so maybe it's just one of those odd even type things, you know, like the Giants had going for a while with that World Series. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> maybe we're about to get another down year from the Twins and you know help out the Sox a little bit, but <laughs> no, we'll see, we'll see. So <laughs> it's a different manager now with Rocco Baldelli, so maybe it's a little different. Yeah, we'll see. No, I like that. That's that was a very good pickup. I mean, it, obviously they look like geniuses now, but. Um, provided a spark i think um i guess if there's one guy you know that you're looking at here jack in in the order and there's a ton of guys you can really point out but who do you think can really expand on last year i mean we saw polanco kind of break out i feel like um a few of these other guys i guess polanco was hurt you know in the previous years but he really took the next step last year to become that stud is there a guy that you see that can really uh carry this team or you think it's all just kind of a, a balanced effort yeah, I do think it's a collective unit. I think Donaldson is the type of guy that can lead the group as a veteran because they do have a good amount of young guys. The one guy that I would really like to see have some form of a bounce back, I don't know if you call it a bounce back or reaching his full potential, is Miguel Sano. Yeah. Had a great rookie year back in 2015. And then a couple years ago, he got sent down straight from the majors to a ball yeah not to double for... a not to triple a to a ball <laughs> he's playing for the fort myers uh miracle down there now granted they have they have a lot of their hitting coaches i guess down at that level but yeah that was shocking i mean kind of hit rock bottom yeah yeah i mean that's a guy you know you bring up that man if he could put together a solid year i mean that's a guy that geez all of a sudden this team becomes super scary i feel like and if he's hitting bombs and you got Donaldson doing his thing, and Polanco's having another solid year. You got Nelson Cruz still. I mean, this could yeah. be a, this could be <laughs> just a crazy about to mention, team. 
with Nelson power. Cruz, who it seems is 40 years old or so. How is that guy still playing? And has already been has already tested positive for PEDs. Like maybe we need to <laughs> test him again. <laughs> and it's it. Come on now. The dude's 40 years old on July 1st this year. And he what hit the... like 310 with 40 homers last year and was an MVP candidate. Gosh. Man, he's <laughs> he's trying to get in the Hall of Fame here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, but good for him. And yeah, I'm just looking at some of their other guys. Max Kepler had 36 bombs last year. I mean, that's a, nothing to laugh at. Eddie Rosario, 32. This team can hit. Absolutely. And Byron Buxton has carved out a nice role as a defensive specialist type of outfielder. He's a very fast base runner. He's an okay bat. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Jason Hayward in hmm. terms of this was a guy with all the hype in the world on him. He's supposed to be a five-tool bat, Ken Griffey Jr. type of comparisons. And that's a lot to put on a young kid. Both of them got drafted at, uh, out of high school, I believe, and came up at a very young age. And I feel bad for those kind of guys when they hit some sort of adversity. I know Buxton has had some injuries, but he's also struggled at times. But he's carved out a nice role as a really good defensive center fielder and if he can add more to his offensive game then i mean it'd be, that would be awesome to see mm-hmm. no and you like you said you need those guys i mean you're not going to have you know the flashy guys every time yeah. but you need some of those guys and i think the twins have done a good job like you said they have a collective here it's it's a team effort it's not really a stud or superstar that's going to lead them you know, like I think the Indians rely a little more on Lindor, but yeah, you know, this and team Ramirez, is, yeah, and Ramirez, exactly, yeah. So, but this team, it's like, wow, they may not have that level of talent, you know, but like they've got, they've got five, six guys here deep that can really put together a, a string of, you know, a few good weeks together, and then the next guy kind of comes in, does the same thing, and then and then they all kind of overlap, and that's when you really get the success. Yeah, that's a great point. If they're to lose someone that's important to their offense they're they're going to be okay whereas the indians if they do lose lindor or ramirez for an extended period of time they're probably going to be in danger right yeah they're they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot if they do that so um you know hopefully no injuries to to them but yeah i i do like the depth here with minnesota they're also my pick to win it win the division um so I don't know what what's the uh, what's the win total at there? Ninety two and a half. They won a hundred and one last year. Okay. See, I don't know if they get to a hundred and one. I like yeah. I said, I think this is a really tight race. Um, I think that they're in the nineties. I think that they're above ninety, which I think like the Indians and White Sox are going to be at. Um, so I I'd say under. I don't know what what do you think? Yeah, you know, I would say. Evan, it's tough because with this division, last year they won 101, but I don't think they were, if they were playing in the NL Central, I think they probably would have won 90 games. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Exactly. You could also say the same thing with a team like the Yankees last year. They won 102 or 103 last year. And if they were playing in the NL East, they'd probably win 96 or so, but... They had so many games against the Orioles. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just kept playing the Orioles. Like, are they adding games against the Orioles? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> it's like, you got to be kidding me. 
So that's the toughest. I think that makes it the toughest with projecting teams in this division because they should be better than they were last year in terms of they bulked up their rotation. They also added another big bat. They're going to score a lot of runs. Now, maybe you could make the argument that a couple of the guys who had those breakout years last year could regress a little bit, and the baseball is wound a little differently this year, and there aren't as many home runs. But it's hard to imagine them declining significantly from last year. But you could say the American League is better and the, the White Sox are better. And it's tough. I, yeah. <laughs> it's really tough to determine. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I think everything kind of comes a little tight. It pulls a little tighter here in the, uh, in the Central. And, um, yeah, like you said, maybe the baseballs are a little different. They're as bouncy and coming off the bat as much. But, um I don't know. Be would you say it was ninety five and a half? That's what they have the. They the have total? them at ninety two and a half. Oh, 92. Oh, wow. Okay, so maybe I do take the over then on that. Um, yeah, I think they get to ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, somewhere around there. It's going to come down in the last week or so, but I think they get there. So. Yeah, you know, I think that again, this is another one that I think the numbers were really good. I think they did a really good job on the AL Central for these win totals because. Yeah. The East and the West, I was a lot of them. I was like, oh, way over, way <laughs> under. <laughs> but right. they're doing a good job here. So, man, you know, I'll go. I really like that number of 92. So I'll go below mm. 92 and a half. I say they win 92. And I had the White Sox at 87. Yeah. Sounds I think about right. I, I had the Indians around 84. Okay. Yeah, so I guess I got the Twins then at 90. I'll put them at 94. And then I don't know if I can tie them both, but I'll put the Indians and Sox at 90. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and again, it's it's going to come down to how much are you able to beat up on these teams at the bottom of the division. Mm-hmm. And so really, this that makes it so hard to predict. Right. So we only got one more then to, to really discuss yeah. here. Let's talk <laughs> about beat up. <laughs> the Detroit Tigers. Oof. What, what do you think about Detroit this year, Jack? Are they, uh, I mean, they're, they're building, right? They're building <laughs> something for the future. They are building something for the future. I don't think you're really going to see too much of it in the win column this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that's a stretch to say that. So I... Yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to see what this team does. This could be one of those teams you see a lot of guys just get called up and just kind of try them out and they get sent back down. I don't know who your star is really on this team. but So I was listening to a podcast called Rob and Akiva Need a Podcast, and Clarence Black, a former Survivor contestant, uh, a very good man, by the way. He used to host a – I think he still does. He does sports talk radio in Detroit – and he said on Robin Akiva Need a Podcast, he was asked about the Tigers this year, and he said, I used to host a show on TV for seven years where we talk about the Detroit Tigers. And guys, I can't even name 10 Tigers right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong, Jack. I'm looking at this depth chart. I'm like, who are some of these guys? They got some of these guys pegged to start. I. I mean, I haven't even heard of some of these guys. You know their highest home run hitter last year had 15 home runs? Was it Yamer Condelario? 
No. Who? He had eight. <laughs> Brandon Dixon. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me Brandon Dixon owned a farm, and I, I believe that. I don't know who that is. He's, <laughs> I mean, this is like when you play MVP baseball and they got some of these made-up names. John you know? Dowd. <laughs> John Dowd. Well, if they had John Dowd, man, they're hitting, they're hitting Dude, bombs then. <laughs> John Dowd at age 55 or whatever would – he would be great on this team. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I could sign John Dowd to the Sox for a one-year deal, I would. <laughs> Feel like Ed and Jim Tomei. <laughs> I'm looking at this team, and, I mean, I recognize some. I mean, obviously, you still got Miggy there, um, whatever is left of him. One guy I like a lot, Jack, that I seem to draft every year in fantasy is um, Jonathan and Scope is one guy that I do like a lot that I seem to draft every year in fantasy. Um I don't know what it is about him. He just seems to be a solid player in the middle infield there. Um, I think it's a I think it's a good pickup for him specifically to kind of have a resurgent uh, year. I think he's the type of guy that can have a bounce back year. I don't know if it will do much for Detroit, but I think for him personally, this is the type of place that he sees as an opportunity to land and, and really hit his numbers up. I think this needs to be the Addison Russell spot. Mm. Yeah. For, for Russell, for the Tigers, you're saying? Yeah, same same type of deal that they would be doing with Scope. Obviously, there's a little more of a hit that you're going to take from a PR perspective bringing in Addison Russell. People might look at him in terms of damaged goods or whatever, but I think this is the type of situation where you pick up a guy, 25 years old, really high prospect, not too long ago, Mm-hmm. was an all-star just a few years ago, still only 25. Your team is likely going to lose 100 again. Last year, your team lost 114. Why not kick the tires on a guy like that? Yeah, it, you know, it doesn't seem like there's too much to uh, to lose here for Detroit. Like you said, they got they would have to uh, endure the, the media storm, and I don't know if they want all that attention um, on a team that's not going anywhere soon, but... It is a good spot. It'd be a good spot for him, I think. Um, like you said, to kind of to kind of get back to uh, to just playing baseball again and, and um, kind of restart his his career and and uh, try to get back on the right track. Yeah, and I, I personally think that in a smaller market, it's not going to be as big of a an issue in terms of the PR type of thing mm-hmm. as it is when you have just a a big team like the Cubs in a huge city and so many different newspapers covering the team and so many different publications, so many pieces being written. If you're trying to create content and you're a reporter and you're covering a really bad team, then I guess it's uh, low hanging fruit with mm. Edison Russell. But again, I just, I personally think that in a spot like this where you're not, let's be realistic. They're not going to lead the league in attendance. I think you can take flyers on guys like Addison Russell. Another guy that I'm shocked is still a free agent, and I don't. I really have no idea how he's still a free agent. Is Scooter Jeanette? Wow. Yeah, that's your boy. I mean, that's that's yeah. surprising. <laughs> he's he's solid. I'm he's a no very good player. Yeah. Huh. He'll get added somewhere. You know, it's just bound to happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of of who he'll go to. I'm sure he'll go to a, a contender. Someone's going to want him. Um, it just might be one of those situations that get picked up for a little bit, but yeah, there's some good names out there. Wow. 
So that's what I think Tiger should be doing. Matthew Boyd has really impressed over the last couple of years. He could be a guy that they try to trade yeah. in terms of this rebuild. Uh, Casey Mize. Oh, man. Casey Mize. That dude's going to be a stud. Yeah, he was the number one overall pick in the 2018 draft out of Auburn. And he is the number seven prospect on MLB Pipeline right now. Expected to appear in a Tigers uniform some point in 2020. And I've heard some people float out rookie of the year potentially. So I don't know. It depends on how soon he gets up and, and what his stuff looks like. But we'll see there. That could be that could be an intriguing guy to watch and maybe their, uh, their best storyline all season. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there'll be too much up against that storyline. <laughs> too much competition for that title. Yeah. Well, like you said, he's he'll have his chance. I mean, Boyd has been rumored to be – I thought he could trade it last year. I really did. And I don't know, maybe he goes to the Twins like we're talking about and Twins add Boyd in there or something. And, um, you know, but you got him. You got Fulmer. Um, Fulmer's out for a while, it sounds like. But I do like his stuff when he's healthy. Um, yeah, he's just had a lot of injuries. That's the problem. I mean, he's talented. He's just – like you said, and he's so young still too, but – um it's just too bad you know that, that he's been beat up but yeah Casey Mize I mean that's I think that's the biggest storyline here wouldn't you say yeah and then I guess a, a couple other guys that they could potentially try to flip at the deadline I'm looking at Ivan Nova I think that's mm. another good pickup that you're not really giving up a whole lot and CJ Crone oh yeah yeah no I agree with both of those I mean it's veteran guys teams are gonna be looking for something like that Later in the season, the Tigers won't have any any use of really holding on to them much longer. So, um, yeah, not a bad idea to go for some of those older guys and then try to flip them for prospects for teams that, that need them. So, Evan, the over-under total, 56.5. They won 47 last year. Oh, man. <laughs> I will go under on that. Yeah, I'll go under. I've picked over for every team, so I have to go under on this one. And we talk about really three teams being tough in this division. And one of those teams was not tough last year, the White Sox. Where are these wins going to come from? Where are they going to? I mean, sure, they lost a lot of games last year, but I, I don't really see a whole lot of room where they're going to improve 10 games better from last year. No, I don't think so either. It's I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the 40s again, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I had the Orioles at 50 wins. Okay. So, let's I'll go I'll go Tigers at 49. So I have them Ooh. losing the most at least of any American League team. Okay. <laughs> Save the NL. That's a teaser again. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Jack, it sounds like we're pretty much in agreement then, um, you know, with where we where we got the central, so you know, I do like I like the Twins. It sounds like you do too in terms of top to bottom talent. Um, you know, very good, very good lineup. Um, and then you know they got the Indians still in there. They're in the mix, right around eighty to ninety wins. White Sox are gonna be super fun to watch this year. Um, then you kind of got the bottom filled out with the uh, the Royals and Tigers. But it sounds like we're we're pretty much in agreement with that. So yeah, definitely. I got Twins. In the playoffs, I do not have anyone else in the playoffs, but I do have the White Sox as the second team, Indians three, Royals four, Tigers five. Okay. 
would you give a wild card to the White Sox, or do you think? I mean, are you asking me as a fan? <laughs> as, <laughs> as a as an emotional biased baseball fan? Because if no, you're asking no. that, then yes, objectively, <laughs> objectively, no. I think this is a one a one birth division, if that's even the right terminology. I think just the Twins get in here. Um, uh, yeah, I'd love to see the Astros just completely flop and miss it, and then the White Sox get that spot. But um, <laughs> I don't know if it's there yet, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but a very productive year for the White Sox. I guess the last thing I'd say is that if the White Sox do not improve and at least get to 500, I think Renteria is in, in trouble. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be it. Um, and it's a bummer, too, because I know – I know about his postseason success and everything, but I would have loved to have seen a guy like Dusty Baker come to the Sox. Oh, I've yeah. been saying that for a few years now. I'd be like, he'd be perfect with some of these young guys. And, um, it's, I mean, good for him. You know, he gets back in and everything, but um, he's all of a sudden not an option. Well, he, so. he did only sign a one-year contract, so. Okay, well, maybe he is then. So <laughs> we'll see, I guess, how, uh, how short Renteria's leash is. We will see. Evan, this was so much fun talking about the AL Central, and we're going to have a fun time talking March Madness over the next couple of weeks. How can people find you on social media, and was there anything you would like to plug while you're here? No, I mean, people can uh, people can follow me on Twitter. I guess I'm always looking for uh, the followers to uh, get some hot takes, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm there for it. Um, so my, my Twitter is Evan underscore on underscore earth nine, six. Um, thanks again to Jack Vita for creating that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, Evan, you really did, were resistant to joining Twitter for a while. I was, I was, but get a lot of news from there. Probably not the best thing, but so <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's a good spot. So yeah, that, that's where you can find me post a lot about basketball, a lot about baseball and then. You know, a lot about hockey as well, getting into that. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, that, that's where you can find me. But I appreciate you having me on here, Jack. And it's good, to, uh, it's good to talk about baseball. You know, it's a good time of year. Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, it's getting warm outside, get that smell again outside. And it's just, uh, <laughs> like we said, it's getting light outside. So it's, uh, it's just it's that time of year where it's it's fun so yeah it's great well thank you so much for joining me evan i look forward to having you back soon yeah thank you i'll see you soon it'll be real soon here less than a week (laughs) can't wait hey everyone it's jack i'm about to blow your minds here from the future yes today's march 15th as i finish up the editing on this podcast and i release it just wanted to make this clear and share a few thoughts. When I recorded this episode, as you could tell, it was before everything started to get crazy and the sports world got shut down under everything going on with the coronavirus. It's been a really hectic few days and we now know that Major League Baseball is not going to be played for some time now. I'm hearing it it could be until June. Now, hopefully it won't be that long. Maybe it'll just be in May. Maybe we only have to miss the first month. We'll see. But unfortunately, as I mentioned, my plans were thrown off with releasing this MLB preview show. 
but I'm still going to release these episodes regardless of how long it is until the baseball season starts. They will come out a little slower though. I've recorded four of the episodes and initially I was going to do two each week. Now I think I'll do one each week and hopefully by the end of it, we will be ready for Major League Baseball to open up with opening day. We'll see, but I'm still going to get those out. Guys, even with the sports world shutting down, you can count on the Jack Vita Show bringing you content and entertainment. I know a lot of you are boxed in right now inside your homes. And look, this is not the way that I was hoping things would go, but we're going to make the most of it. We're going to stay positive and we're going to trust God. So while there isn't a whole lot to talk about in terms of sports, and I had to cancel my Selection Sunday show, I had to cancel all my plans to podcast on March Madness, I'm still going to come up with fun content for all of you, whether it be sports related or not. Maybe I'll get another Survivor interview. There is a former Survivor contestant that I have had planned coming on the show in April or May, but maybe I'll bump that interview up depending on how things go. If you guys want, I can get that out earlier. Maybe I'll wait. Maybe we can talk about fun sports topics that do not require a date. Maybe we could talk about the best uniforms in sports or the best ballparks in sports, the best fights in sports. We got plenty to work with. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. You guys know me. I'm always coming up with weird stuff to talk about on this podcast. Now I will announce the weirdest of the weird. So as you know, we talk about movies and I wanted to do, maybe we'll do some sports movies or sports-ish movies to talk about on the podcast. So I've got a good one coming up later this week as I record this on March 15th. I expect this to go up March 16th. I will be recording sometime this week an episode dedicated to the Disney Channel original movie classic high school musical. That's right. I've got three guests joining me for that episode alone. Altogether, the biggest Skype call we've ever had in the history of this podcast. It'll be me, my sister, Laura Vita, Chad Vaughrine, and another good friend of the podcast who has not been on the podcast but is a journalist, Astrid Soto, will join us. We will talk about the classic high school musical film. In this chaotic time. Let me tell you guys, it has been chaotic because like I said, I thought I had all my plans figured out for the month of March, but ultimately it's God's plan that prevails and we're going to get through this time together and I'm going to keep churning out content for you, the listeners. I love you guys. I'm not going to let you guys have to wait on me. I'm not, nothing is getting shut down here on the Jack Vita Show. There's no way. We're not shutting anything down. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep cranking out content. It's going to be good. Subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It will do a lot of good for the podcast, getting the word out to more people, more listeners. If you subscribe, you will never miss an episode, and you will always be aware whenever there is fresh content available for you. In addition to the High School Musical episode, I will also 
be releasing my NL East preview that I recorded with Jordan Morandini last week. That will be another fun one that you can look forward to. And after that, we can do the Central, we can do the West, and hopefully by then, things will settle down a little bit and we will inch closer to baseball. And if we don't, we'll get there. Guys, we'll take it one day at a time. We'll figure it out. So join me for those podcast episodes. They're going to be a lot of fun. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jack Vita Show, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show. Like my Facebook fan page. I put lots of announcements regarding the podcast on there. So you can be in touch with everything that's going on here. Until next time, I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. 